Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Praise the Lord. Do me a favor. Welcome everybody watching online today. Give them a big hand clap for joining us. We say welcome. Welcome. Thanks for joining us on this Christmas morning. And um, uh, man, I'm excited to share with you today for a few moments. And um, I love Christmas. I love giving. Um, I love to to bless. And uh, <clears throat> there was these three little boys, and I did not I did not write this. Okay, and you'll see why you thought I wrote it, but I did not write this. But there were three little boys living in this house, and a little boy wrote a letter to Santa Claus that said, "Dear Santa, there are three boys living at my house. Jeffrey is two." David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. And Norman is good all the time. I am Norman. (laughs) Praise God. I am Norman. That's my last name. You know, how many of you have ever given a gift, been given a gift, or gave a gift that just didn't seem like it hit right? You know, like you, you get a gift and, and, you, and, you, and you wrap it up and you're all excited about it. Early on in my marriage, um, <clears throat> some of you that were on Facebook this week, uh, we, had a, we had you thinking about our private messages between me and my wife. But um, the, the, I remember one of the first gifts I gave her that did not go well. And I thought for sure every woman wanted one of these. So I wrapped it up. It was about this big, and I remember Christmas. This, I believe this was before we had kids, and we just exchanged gifts. And I remember, and I thought, you know what? I think she'll love this. So wrap it up, Christmas morning. Here you go, honey, I got you something. She opens it up, and she just looks at it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's, it's, not, you know, it's just not right. Like every woman wants a sewing kit, right? Whatever, I was 21, shut your face. <laughs> so, so I got the sewing kit because I thought, you know what? Since being married, I've gained like 50 pounds and my buttons keep popping off. So I'm going to need you to put the buttons back on. Amen. It was a gift gone bad. And so I asked this on Facebook, and here's a couple of them I thought was hilarious. First off, Liz and Don here in the front row. Um, one time someone gave Don and Liz gifts that were meant for their wife. Let me, let me say it again. They gave Don and Liz gifts that were meant for their wife, and here, here's what happened is that the person had to call them and ask for their gifts back. It was a diamond necklace, one of them. <laughs> That's a bad day, right? I thought this one was hilarious. Maria, she said this. She said, I gave someone a heated blanket as a gift. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And before opening, they talked about how they get so hot at night (laughs) that they have to have a fan on them, (laughs) even in the winter. And she said, Merry Christmas. You're getting a blazing inferno to make your nights miserable. (laughs) God, I'm going to puke. <laughs> oh, shoot. And then this was great. Missy and Don. <laughs> Missy said this. She said, Don got me a box of goldfish for a birthday present. And then Don comments, Don, Don says this, 
in my defense, she left out the hostess cupcake with a candle on it. And she did tell me she liked goldfish when I asked what she wanted. Maybe she didn't hear the question right. <laughs> Gifts gone wrong, man. You know, and, and you know, in the day and age, we would <laughs> the blanket one, man, I just, I cried when I was listening to that one. Okay, so back to normal. If you're watching online, we have fun at our church. Come on, somebody. We have fun at our church, okay? And so, um, you know, today's gift, like, uh, you know, if you don't know what to buy somebody, there's a default, right? It's called gift cards, right? So, like, they have all these specialized ones. Like, if you don't know what to get somebody, come on, $25 a Cracker Barrel goes a long way. Man, $25 a Kroger's, that'll go a long way. Like, they have these, all these special gift cards. But I think my favorite gift card that, that I receive is that Visa gift card, because every, uh, all the other specialized cards, you have to go to Cracker Barrel. If it's $25 a Cracker Barrel, I can't go to, I can't go to you know, I can't go to Red Robin. <laughs> but with my Visa card, I can. In other words, my Visa card has everything of the special, of all the specials I can get on my Visa card. So whatever I'm feeling for the day. If it's P.F. Chang's, get the Visa card out. I don't got to go looking for a P.F. Chang's gift card. I got It's all wrapped up in one. The Visa card. So I take that Visa card, and you know, if I, if I need to, to, to just grab a Coke Zero through the Chick-fil-A, amen. Not on Sunday, but, <laughs> but every other day. If I need a Coke Zero with one of them ice cream cones, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'll go under the seat looking for change for that ice cream cone. But um, uh, it's all wrapped up in one. So you have the specific ones, but then you have the one that is all wrapped up in one that somebody took time to pay for, and within that car, they, deposit, they paid for an amount in order for you to experience everything you need within that, vis, that, that Visa card. See, what I want you to understand today is Christmas is about that. It's not about a gift card, it's not about a present, it's about a person that came in the form of a baby that wrapped in that baby was everything you need. Just like that Visa card, that, that everything within that Visa card, I can go to three different restaurants and get what I need, but wrapped in this baby, God made a deposit into the earth. He made a payment into the earth because Jesus was the only one that qualified. So wrapped within that baby is everything we need from healing to salvation to prosperity to blessing to healed marriages to good relationships to good friendships to right minds to emotional health to mental health. Whatever we need is wrapped up into that baby and Jesus was paid. Jesus came to pay the price. The Father sent the Son. So wrapped in Jesus is everything you need in a moment. God Almighty in his mercy no matter what we face, no matter the problem, no matter if people know your problem, big or small, or you're the only one that knows about it. Big problem, small need, good Christmas, bad Christmas. Jesus is everything we need in the moment, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what moment we find ourselves in, Jesus, wrapped in his life, is everything we need. I'll be reading out of Isaiah chapter nine today, verse number two and verse number six. Isaiah nine two says this, says the people 
who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. It says that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. There is a promise of this baby coming to the earth. See, there is a promise here that speaks to two levels in your life. Number one, this promise speaks to your darkness, and I haven't read the promise yet. He says that there will be a light that will come in your darkness. But then he also says there will be a light that will come in your deep darkness. Those areas, those, that deep area that nobody knows about that's just between you and God or, or you and your spouse and just within yourself, there's this deep darkness that takes place. The Bible says that this is a promise that, would bring, that he would bring to those people that are walking in darkness, that are walking in deep darkness, that there would be a great light that would shine. Now Isaiah 9, 6 says this. For unto us a child is born. Everybody say unto us. A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And God, this is the promise. He says, listen, for the people that are walking in great darkness, that are walking in deep darkness, he says, the promise is for unto you there is coming a Savior to the earth. For unto you in the middle of your darkness, for unto you in the middle of those deep, dark places, a son is coming, and he's going to bring a great light. The great light is something, if you're experiencing darkness, how many know if we shut all the lights off in this room and we just have a little lighter and we flip the lighter, that light dispels darkness. Like, there's no fight. When we came in this morning, we turned all the lights on. Well, why did we do that? Well, we need to see. But there was no contest. Darkness wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm greater than light. I'm greater than light. There was no contest. Light was like, bang, and darkness dispelled. So in other words, in your life, wherever the darkness, wherever the deep darkness, if you would allow the light of Jesus to shine into those places, darkness will not stay. Darkness will not put up a fight. Darkness will go. See, you didn't know what you were coming to this morning, did you? It's Christmas. I'm fired up. This promise is to those who are walking in darkness. There was a shift, as the video said, God did something very different. The earth grew silent. For 400 years, there was God not speaking to his people. For 400 years, there was silence. The earth grew silent with God's voice. Chaos happened. They were walking in darkness and in deep darkness, and, and, and the earth was filled with chaos because there was no communication from God. In this promise, there was a shift in this prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, that the Son of God came to us in our darkness. And here's how he comes. Number one, it's in his name. He says he will come as wonderful he will be called wonderful. This son that we just kind of kind of ho-hum through Christmas about, this, this son, he would be called wonderful. 
He's telling people that in darkness that there's something wonderful that is coming. Have you ever stood in awe of something, of wonder? I mean, I went to the Grand Canyon when I was, when, when I was in college, and we played basketball out there. I went to the Grand Canyon, and I thought, man, this place, this, hey, that's a long way down there, like a mile deep and four miles wide, and you just look at the, the, the massiveness of it, and you stand in awe of, of, of it. I did of how the vast, the, the bigness of this thing called the Grand Canyon. I stood in wonder. I stood in awe of it. And this is what wonderful means. It means awe. It means beyond description. It's, it means vast. It means beyond our understanding. It means to stand in awe of this baby, to stand in awe of this light that's coming to destroy the darkness Deep down on the inside of us, we're asking, most people in this life today ask, is there more? Is there more to this life than just nine to five, Monday through Friday, football on Saturday, football on Sunday, and back to work on Monday? Is there more to it? Yes, he's called wonderful. See, and here's what wonderful does. Wonderful answers the deepest need of our lives. Wonderful answers the deepest need of our lives. He would be called wonderful. He would be called counselor. Here, I got great news for you. He has never been confused about you. <laughs> you might be. Others might be, but he's never confused about you. I've done counseling in the past. I kind of push my counseling to counselors now because I get frustrated. People don't do what you ask them to do. But uh, uh, there's been times where people will sit and they will tell me what's going on. And I know, see, I try to be pastoral. And, you know, there's been, I've been doing this for 23 years, preaching the gospel. And and when I counsel people now, like the the empathy level is not as great as it was when I first started out. And so I have empathy and I'm a compassionate guy, but I'm like, hey, man, do this and it will work out. Quit playing games. Let's go. And so... Uh, especially in marriage counseling. I don't do that well because I'm pretty blunt about it. But here's the point, is there's been problems people shared with me, and I'm like, I know my face is like, and I'm confused about what they're saying. I'm like, so you're telling me that they did say what one more time? Like, I'm supposed to be in mode, like nothing should surprise me. I got confusion written all over my face because I don't understand why you're acting the way you're acting. Why are you 45 acting like you're three? Uh, oh. Oh. Well, some of you must be in this room today. That'd be in February. We're talking about marriage then, so come back. But anyway, a counselor. He's a counselor. Here's what a counselor does. He answers the decisions of our lives. He, he's not confused about us. You, you wonder if people are ever going to understand you and love you just the way you are. See, that's what a counselor does. To counsel is to give advice, but more importantly, to counsel is to give you purpose. What he will do is he will come and you will stand in all of him, this promise of people that are in a great darkness, that he will come and he will be wonderful and you will stand in all of him And out of this bigness, vast of who God is, will come your purpose. Because he's a counselor. He'll give you purpose. He says that he will be called Mighty God. Woo! Let me tell you something about Mighty God. 
He's a mighty God. He's not weak. He's not broke. He's not in the tomb. He's mighty. There's no God like my God. There's no God like Jesus. There's no God like that baby that turned into man, died on a cross, and rose from the dead. Ain't nobody got anything on Jesus. No other religion, no other, no other theology has anything on Jesus. He's a mighty God. Last time I checked, I could go through the Bible and look at all the stuff he's done. I mean, seriously, he spoke and light happened. He was like, light be. Bam, there it was. Never stopped. Come on, man. Moses was freaking out. Pharaoh and the horses were breathing down his neck, and all of a sudden, he, he tells Moses, stick your staff out there, homie. I'm going to part the Red Sea. And he sticks his staff out, and the, the Red Sea parts. He's a mighty God. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Whoo, man, that's hot. They tell him they wouldn't bow down. It was hot. It was like the blanket. Amen. Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so they turn the fire up, and Nebuchadnezzar's mad because these people aren't dying in the fire. They're not dying in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar says, turn it up, baby, turn it up. And they're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, hey. Like doing the temptations up in there. There they are. And then Nebuchadnezzar's like, hey, man. Hey, there's not three in there. There's four. And it says one looks like the son of God. That means God got in the fire with them because he's a mighty God. He took a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fishes, a little snack pack from the Long John Silvers, and fed 10,000 people at least with that. Side note, you ever have something at Christmas you wish could multiply? Like in the moment, like somebody's sweet potato casserole, and it gets to the end and you're the last person, and you're like, Jesus, please. Create another pan of this right now in the, in the name. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> mighty God. He's a mighty God. If that happens to you at Christmas, I swear, post it, please. <laughs> mighty God. Here's what a mighty God does. He answers the battles of our lives. In other words, he says to your trouble, he, he speaks to your trouble that he's greater than your trouble. He says to that addiction that I'm a mighty God, that you can, you can live free. He says to that situation that he's a mighty God. Listen to me. This God wasn't a weak baby. He was a God that was born through a virgin womb that would come, that would be the Savior of the world. He would die on a rugged cross. He would be beaten with a cat of nine tails beyond recognition. 39 stripes upon his back. He would, not be, he would not be able to, he, they would not be able to recognize him as a man. He was skinned alive. The Bible says he hung between heaven and earth. He died. A criminal's death was put into a tomb. And then three days later, got out. So I'm not sure what God you're serving, but my God's alive. My God sits on the throne. My God changes lives. My God redeems. My God transforms. My God turns water into wine and doubles the sweet potato casserole at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Amen, somebody. Mighty God. It means to prevail. It means to have strength. It means to be strong. It means to be powerful. It means to be mighty. It means to be great. Listen to me. It doesn't mean that you walk around defeated if you know who you serve. Send the Marines over into another world. They're not walking in there defeated. They're ready to win. 
They, they got all of America backing them up. When they go into that hostile territory, they're not going in there, oh, God. I don't know if we can take them out today. No, heck no. They're going in there armed and dangerous. Buddy, they got bazookas. <laughs> they ain't going in there, oh, they're going to defeat them. No, they're in there like, hey, Johnny, hit the rocket. Boom, boom, bang. Stuff's going everywhere. Listen to me. You serve a God that created the heavens and the earth. So whatever you're going through today, know this. He's not weak. He's not distant. And he ain't trying to lose. Come on, somebody. He's a mighty God. And number four, he's an everlasting father. He answers the loneliness of our lives. You know, we can be around a lot of people and still be lonely. He's a father. He's not a judge in the sky that's here to condemn you. He's a father. Jesus addressed him as father. When he prayed in Matthew chapter six, he says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. When he's in the garden, when he's praying, our Father who art in heaven. He prays to a Father. Why? Because there is the Father God that cures the loneliness of our lives. I believe he's a Father because people are looking for family. People are looking for family. And in looking for family, God becomes a father and his body is that family and, 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 God, and God comes as a father and he, he wraps his arms around his children as a, as a lonely, broken person. God comes as a father and he lifts up. A father lifts up. He doesn't tear down. A father lifts up. He will be an everlasting father. And finally, the Prince of Peace. He answers the storms of our lives. Peace. Peace is not the absence of storms. It's the presence of God in the midst of them. It's not the absence of difficult situations. Peace is not everything's going right. Therefore, I have peace. He's the Prince of Peace, and he's a God that he is the God the word shalom means the covenant of peace. That he will bring stability. He will bring peace in the middle of storm. In the middle of the darkness, he brings stability. He brings peace that passes all understanding. He's a prince of peace. He is peace. Here's what peace means. It means to make whole. So in the middle where it feels like it's broken, God brings wholeness through his peace. That you can walk through a storm with peace in your heart. He's the prince of peace. He's wonderful. He's a counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. And he is the prince of peace. And today, no matter what you're facing, you can know that in the middle of your darkness, he wants a light to shine. He wants to be the light in your life. You can have confidence in God. I heard a story of a young boy and his dad. They were gonna travel in the 1900s across the Atlantic Ocean, in the early 1900s, and this dad and his boy, they board the ship, and 
to get halfway across the Atlantic. It had been a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, a storm breaks out in the middle of the Atlantic. Forecast had called for good weather and good weather, and so, but all of a sudden, the waves begin to rise, and the wind rises, and the storm unexpectedly hits their boat. It's dad and his son. Everyone is scrambling. They're panicking in the middle of this confusion. We thought it was supposed to be a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, darkness overtook us. Everyone was scattering. They were panicking. They didn't know what to do. They were worried. They were nervous. They were asking, are we going to go down? They're moving all along the deck, and all of a sudden, they notice that little boy sitting in the corner on the deck reading a book. Everybody's panicking. Then one person walks over to the boy and says, hey, hey, don't you know that we're going down? How can you sit here and read a book in the middle of this darkness, in the middle of this storm? How can you sit here and read the book? He looks at him and says, we're not going down. He said, my dad's the captain of this ship. He's at the helm, and I know as long as my dad is at the helm, we're going to be okay. That's what peace looks like. That's what your life looks like. When the raging storm comes against you, when the things of life hit up against it, when, when it feels like all of a sudden darkness and great darkness hits our lives, know who's driving the boat. Come on, somebody. Who's driving your boat? Can you have peace like the little boy in the middle of a storm that knew his daddy was driving the ship? Because he would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9-2 says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, a great light that dispels darkness, a great light in the middle of our situation will dispel darkness. We're going to have our candlelight time now, and as we, as we light our candles together, listen to me. This isn't this tradition. This is us understanding that in the middle of our darkness, God shined a light. And in the middle of that, God became wonderful counselor, almighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Here, if you need Don. If you're sitting next to somebody that needs lit, you should be lighting people's candles next to you. Light away. Make sure everybody's lit. <laughs> Praise God. you're lit, if we could all stand together, we're going to sing Silent Night. And I want you to take this moment. We'll wait for everybody. Take this moment. Think about your life, 2019. Do you need the light of God in there? Do you need, the God, do you need God to come in 
in the very last moments of this year to do something special for you. In the middle of your darkness, your deep darkness, the oppression, the anxiety, the depression, the things within you that nobody knows about, he's called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and he'll give you peace that passes all understanding. So this morning, as we sing this song, think about this light called Jesus that shines in our darkness, that brings freedom, deliverance, and transformation. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.